just a reminder to um, the gentlemen in the crowd, not so much to the ladies, but Valentine's comes this week. So behave, be good, be nice, and buy something. <laughs> Let's talk this morning a little bit about uh, gratitude. You may have noticed some of the songs. You probably didn't notice, but when we think about it, we try to put songs together that go along with the thought, if we can find something that goes with that. The idea of counting your blessings, recognizing what is ours and how we have it every day is a very important aspect of being who we are supposed to be. And so the idea of gratitude naturally comes to mind. What I'm doing is sharing with you some, some thoughts in regard to questions that could arise in any given day. In the everyday last week we talked about what do I need to do today as a child of God. And I think had some good thoughts within that that were valuable to you and to me as well. This week we want to talk about being grateful, and I'll go ahead and tell you, next week we want to talk about what can I do as a Christian, what can I do about those difficult people around me? Now that one ought to have a little color to it, so we'll think about think about that next time I'm in an elders meeting. I'll think about that one. Uh, that, should have, that should have harbored something anyway. Okay, I'll leave that one, let it lay where it lays. Anyway, maybe you should sit in the elders' meeting. No, they're great. I don't, wanna, I, don't, I don't want anybody to think I was serious about that. Let's talk about have I been grateful. We had the reading Horace read to us from the book of Jonah this morning and the scripture that I put in there, and we didn't read a very lengthy context, but the picture was when Jonah was outside of Nineveh after he had accomplished what God had sent him to do and then ran into some problems there and his lack of gratitude. And I'll get to that in just a moment. But I, I want us to think about that. And, and again, the passage from Hebrews 6 that I mentioned before the Lord's Supper. How can those who have tasted his heavenly gift, if they reject it, and how can you do that? What have you got to bring them back again? If they don't show any gratitude for the great, wonderful, beautiful things that God has done for us, how can, we, how can we ever think that they're going to be grateful for anything else and draw them to that? So I start off with the idea of gratitude and what it is. Gratitude is more than a response and an action. Gratitude is an active and a pre-existing attitude that searches for an opportunity to express itself. It's something that's already there and you just look for an opportunity to use it well. But you know, from the time we're children, we are taught to be grateful. Parents try to teach us that. And we try to put it into practice. Hold the door for the person behind you. Let another driver in the traffic ahead of you. Unless it's, unless it's highly congested traffic, then it's all right to just honk your horn at them, tell them to get out of the way. No, let another per driver into the track of traffic ahead of you. Pause to let someone go through when you're in a line, even if it's inconvenient. Pick up something that another person has dropped and return it to them, even if it takes some effort and you have to follow them. Almost every time you do something, though, for someone else, every time you do something like that and, 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 and that show that gesture of gratitude, generally people recognize it. And I think we still, I think we still try to teach our children the magic words. You know them, don't you? Don't look at me with that dumbfounded look. You know the magic words. Oh, some of you are going off in odd directions. I see it. You know what I mean. Please and thank you. Those are the magic words, aren't they? Don't we te still teach our children? We may not call them that as much anymore, but we know what they are. 
We want our children to properly, properly address others with a please and thank you. And, and each is a recognition that something is appreciated and something is being addressed. On the other hand, when our children or when some other adult fails to express the appreciative manner with our children, we're kind of embarrassed with other adults. I like to, if I hold the door for somebody and they walk through without even a nod, I kind of say, uh-huh, you're welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> no, I don't quite go that far. But we like gratitude. I think we really do like gratitude. We like people to show gratitude. Perhaps we best notice gratitude when we're brought out of a very difficult, a terrible, a trying situation. And so back to Jonah. Think about Jonah. Here he is, and he had to think about his life. You know, God had instructed him to go and do this job, go to Nineveh, preach to the people in Nineveh, and tell them what had to say, Jonah decided not to do it, got on a ship, going another direction, ended up in a storm, cast over the, the boat. I'm giving the short version of the story. This is the cliff notes on this one. Cast aside of the boat, swallowed by that great fish prepared by the Lord, and Jonah is in that point, everything is lost. I mean, if you were swallowed by a great fish, how would you feel? Over. It's over. And what we've got is a prayer, or the thoughts of Jonah during that time as he writes about that, or it's recorded about that. And he thinks about God in that position. While he's still alive, he thinks about God in that position and hopes that God would hear him and respond to him. And he claimed that if God took care of this situation, he would respond with a voice, listen to this, with a voice of thanksgiving. Maybe we've not been in exactly Jonah's position. I hope we haven't been, but we've been in something of a serious nature that maybe we can relate to that. And when we found ourselves in those desperate circumstances that are beyond what we would have thought they might be, maybe we've called to God. I hope we have. Hopefully boldly expressed, though, our gratitude in the midst of these things. But what I'm really talking about is not just those trying moments. It's that the everyday situation and gratitude in the everyday circumstances of our lives is what comes to mind. Do we sense and respond with thoughtful gratitude to God for the everyday life that we have in the midst of the ordinary, we might say? I'm a great believer. I am a great believer in the providence of God. I don't think we would have anything be where we are at all. You know, I'm not a pull yourself up by your bootstraps kind of guy. I believe God has his hand in everything. I believe in the providence of God. But as we think about that, and while we think about providence, we may best recognize it as we look back in retrospect, and we say, oh, God must have had his hand in that. And if we're looking backward, it may be our tendency to think, well, it's already behind us. It's kind of late to say thank you. You ever get in that position where you think you ought to express gratitude for, to someone, but so much time has passed by, you're almost embarrassed because if you do now, it's kind of embarrassing. It's behind you and so forth. Maybe we treat God in a way that we look back and say, oh, God must have, he's been good to me. He was good to me in the past, but we forget to tell him. We forget to say, thank you, Lord, for that then. Maybe we get past something and we let gratitude slide when we shouldn't. So what I'm telling you is we need, we need to recognize that we are everyday recipients from the providential hand of God. Those blessings are there every day. 
And this is a challenge. What I'm giving today is a challenge to introspectively look within ourselves, to look within ourselves, in our lives, and find that positive power of gratitude and use it on a daily basis. But maybe it comes to mind as we think about that, gratitude for what? For what do I need to be grateful? What is it that's important that I need to express gratitude for? I mean, my life's no no, uh, no party every day. It's not just everything is hunky-dory and everything's great every day. Because I think when we think about gratitude, as I said, we tend to think about special things. We think about special events, Valentine's coming up. We think about special gifts or birthdays, anniversaries, Valentine's Day or something like that. And so we need to be grateful for those special gifts. What did your, what did your wife get you for your birthday? Oh, yeah, you get And what did you give your wife for your anniversary? Let me show you the beautiful 15-carat diamond that I gave her for, for our anniversary, you know. We think about those special gifts, maybe, and we ought to show gratitude for that. The out of the ordinary, the extra. That's what comes to mind, I think. We tend to think about that. Maybe like that the Samaritan going down the road, others passed him by, but the one guy went out of his way, and that was special, and we, we like those, and those are important times, and important times for gratitude that that Samaritan went and cared for the man and went out of his way for him. Those are important. But what about the everyday? And somebody says, well, quickly, well, we, we, we thank the Lord every day. Yes. Before we eat, we sit down to a meal. And we have that habit of offering thanks before we eat. But really think about it. Do we, even as we thank God for the meal we're about to eat, do we really think about how fortunate we are to have that food in front of us, to have the day we have and so forth. So back to Jonah. Jonah struggled with gratitude. He had a real struggle with it. If you think about what was going on, God gave him that job to do. He didn't want to do it. God preserved his life when he didn't have to. Jonah finally did the job. It's when he finished the job that it stands out in my mind. He finished the job. Nineveh was changed because he went there with that message from God. Nineveh was changed for the time being. But Jonah was not happy with the results. And there may be a lot of reasons why he was. But he said, I knew you would do this. When he finished the job, he was not happy with the results. And God even gave him that living recognition, that living reason for gratitude as he was there in the heat and he had the plant grow up over him and it grew there and then he, the worm came in and bit it and the sun wilted it and, and uh, Jonah's sitting there, oh, it's miserable, I might as well die. And I know that seems like an exaggeration, but it just shows the frustration and the anger that was in Jonah in the midst of all these things happening here and what we can say about it in all of this is God gave him an opportunity God preserved and saved him God gave him another opportunity God gave him success God even provided a shelter and a shade for him and all of that Jonah still didn't understand gratitude he missed it and what this provides for us is something of a parable for life and how many things do we miss because we're so caught up in the unfortunate of the moment? 
And I know finding a reason to be thankful can really be challenging. When something is, is wrong in our lives, it's hard to see something good or to think about things that might be right, even when they are. It's hard. Even for an outsider say, you don't need to look at it that way. It's still hard for us. I think about Samson and, and how he had gotten into this situation. There he was. He was bound. He was brought to the, these Philistines, and, and he's bound. Well, he, the Lord's power comes on him. He busts loose, grabs a jawbone of a donkey, and he slays all these Philistines. And when he gets through, he throws down the donkey's jaw, and he says, I'm thirsty, and I'm going to die. Here God has provided something marvelous. And what does Samson do? I'm going to die. I'm going to die if I don't get something to drink. The good Lord provided for him. Finding a reason to be thankful, even in such circumstances, can be challenging. Even when it shouldn't be all that challenging. Maybe more common and closer to home is it's hard to be grateful to show gratitude when we think the undeserving have been more blessed than we have. Because somebody else got some blessing we thought we should have gotten. We lack gratitude or because they got it and we didn't get as much or we should have gotten more or they just shouldn't have gotten it and we should have gotten it. Maybe we both got it. I think about Asaph when he wrote that 73rd Psalm when he says, I looked around me and the evil were prospering and here I'm dealing with struggles. And I think that psalm is one that's very real. If you haven't read it, lady, go back and read what Asaph writes in that psalm because it tells very human thinking as you look at things and say, well, why should I be so good and serve the Lord when evil people are prospering all around me? Well, he comes back and he recognizes why. But it can be challenging. But think about it in your life. I know you guys, you've never had a trouble troublesome day at all. I've never had a problem at all. But think about some of the problems that come our way that get in the way of our gratitude. Sometimes it's just financial. We just don't have the power or, or recognition or the ability to do what we would like or dream to do. Maybe we thought we would at some point in our lives and we just never got there financially and say, well, life's no good because I can't do what I want to do. Or maybe our health let us down. And you, many of you, you can look around and say, yeah, yeah continued and unresolved pain or illness and it's hard to see beyond it when you're hurting when you're struggling with something when that, your health issues <clears throat> are laying around you in that way it's hard to be positive about other things or work your work environment people around you just lazy negative grouchy not you but the other people around you hard to see a good day. Maybe they're, they're just gossipy and vindictive or just plain hard to endure. We'll talk about that a little bit next week. But it's hard to see good things. Or maybe the people closest to you are just sometimes difficult in terms of what they do. I mean, Adam had a problem with Eve. Just general happiness. Even without a real determined cause, we are simply unhappy or not feeling that sense of general happiness, and which is hard to be optimistic in those cases. I mean, we could make quite a list, couldn't we? But I think, you know what I think? See if you agree with me. No matter what, it's never going to be enough. It's never going to be quite good enough. It's never going to be completely full. It's never going to be everything we want. I think the challenge for us in the idea of gratitude 
is to strive for contentment. That's what, you know, it's interesting, that's what John the Baptist told to his hearers, some of his hearers, you know, just take your wages and be content. I think one of the chief complaints that working people have is they don't get paid enough for what they do, right? Yeah. He says, be content with your wages. Don't try to get around it. Be content with your wages. That doesn't mean don't work harder or try to get improvement. He's just saying, be content with what you have. Paul says some of the same things to Timothy. He says, with food and clothing, you know, and so forth, let us be content. So what are we going to do? What are we going to do about it? If we struggle with the idea of gratitude, or, or even a little bit, even a little bit, what do we need to do? One, we need to see life with thankful eyes. You say, Russ, that sounds easy. It does sound easy, doesn't it? It doesn't say, okay, I'm going to be thankful. I'm going to look at life from a thankful way. Well, it, it can be a challenge. So let me give you a few thoughts about that. It's the idea, help me get my thinking straight, because ingratitude is tied quite often to when we think about what we don't have. When we think about what we should have or what we deserve. I think it's interesting that among the Ten Commandments is one that we probably gloss over quite a bit. The 17th verse of Exodus 20. You remember it says in the Old English, thou shalt not covet. And then it goes into detail. It says, don't covet this and covet that, your neighbors and this and that. It said, in other words, be content with what you've got, gratitude. We sit around looking at what somebody else has, and we get all worried about it, how their lives are better than our lives. It seems that we want to be on top. We want to be royals. Let me remind you something. We sang first in our assembly this, this morning, Blessed Assurance. Fanny Crosby. Became blind shortly after she was, when she was very small, became blind. And she could have bemoaned her life without sight. She could have sat around and waited for somebody to take care of her business. Instead, she became very active, very busy, did a lot of things. And among the things that she did is she wrote more than 800 songs, more than 8,000, I'm sorry, not 800, more than 8,000 songs and hymns of praise besides other poems that she wrote, including... Blessed assurance. Kind of makes you feel bad, doesn't it? I don't have a reason to be ungrateful at all. So how do we begin? How do we begin? How do we begin to rid ourselves of ingratitude and learn that attitude of gratitude? Number one, see what you have instead of what you don't have. Start concentrating on what you have instead of what you don't have. You know, I, that's what we did with, with our kids. We had three kids growing up in our house. I didn't have ingratitude. I was thankful we had three kids. I was glad it wasn't four. See what you have instead of what you don't have. In the old in the old White Christmas musical, Bing Crosby sings, when you're, when you're weary and you can't sleep, try counting blessings instead of sheep. What do we sing? Count your blessings. Because negative events are often accompanied, if, if you will, by positive opportunities of thinking and action. 
The sun always shines through a break in the clouds, and when we see it, thank the Lord for it. Number two, see the value of the small things. The prophet Zechariah wrote in chapter 4 and verse 10, who would, who would despise the day of small things? He's talking about we might disregard the things that God has done and shown us again and again. We need to see the value of the small things. Robert Brault wrote, enjoy the little things. Enjoy the little things. For one day you may look back and realize they were the big things. I think too often we, we want to look for the marvelous, miraculous, miracle, the big thing instead of the ordinary. There, were, there was a little story that circulated for a time, probably in church bulletins and so forth, and I don't know the, the truth of it or not, but it told of the professor and the students that came in for the final exam, and they opened up the exam, and there was one question on the exam. What is the name of the lady who cleans this building? We walk into a place, we see things as they are, and sometimes we, we think about all the things that are not as we would want them to be. I've heard members in congregations complain about buildings and things. It's too warm, it's too cold, it's too loud, it's too, it's too dark, it's too bright. The preacher preaches too long. Boy, we never hear that one. I know we get, we struggle with things, don't we? We all do. We need to see the value of the small things. Simon the sorcerer in the 8th chapter of Acts heard Philip preach and obeyed the gospel, baptized into Christ. When Peter and John came along and he saw what they were able to do, he wanted to give them money for what they had. I want to have what you've got. Simon had missed the great gift that had been given to him as he looked for something else. So secondly, see the value of the small things, as we might count it. Number three, see the effort from the source, the effort that the source put into things. Do you thank the person who makes your food for you? Do you tell them that? I hope you do. Recognize what's been done for you in all that's around you. You know, it was Christmas Eve this past year, and Paul and I went out and saw the movie and afterward went to find something to eat. And you know, on Christmas Eve, a lot of places closed up early and there wasn't much to eat. We found, found a restaurant. Man, there were a lot of people going into that restaurant. You know, when you're the one of the few places that open, everybody's going in there. And we went into that restaurant, and it was packed. People were everywhere, and they had wait, wait, waitresses running around quickly covering everything that they could and, and doing what they could as fast as they could for these people who were trying to do this on Christmas Eve. And while I, we were sitting there and we ate our food, and she did the waitress did a nice job for us, and we were eating our food, and and we were getting ready to leave, and I thought, you know, I know they're getting paid somewhat to be here, and, and so forth, and maybe they're here by choice. But I thought, here's a person giving up his or her Christmas Eve at home 
to be out here working and serving people. And maybe it didn't mean much to her, but before we left, as I gave her the ticket, I said, I really want to thank you for working this evening. She may not have even fully caught it, but I hope we think about it. I hope we think about the effort that comes from the source. And maybe before you complain about what God expects of us and try to minimize it, try to get out of things that we might consider that God would want us to be and want us to do, maybe we need to stop and consider, first of all, what God has done for us. Perhaps one of the most remembered passages of Scripture covers it, doesn't it? For God so loved the world, wow, he so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Before we complain about what God desires or expects of us, maybe we need to consider what God has already done for us. And then finally, share what you see. That's number four, share what you see. I think the most obvious sign of gratitude is not that you just know it inside of you. The most obvious sign of gratitude is when it's told and shared with others. That man who had been possessed of all those demons, we refer to as legion from time to time as the name was given because of all those demons that were in him. After the Lord cast them out and the people wanted Jesus and his disciples out of the land and they were getting into the boat, the man wanted to get into the boat with Jesus. And Jesus said, no. You're not going with me. Instead, you go home. You go to your town. You go to the people around you. You tell them what great things God has done for you. Call it testimony. Call it whatever you want. I think people need to know how great you see God and what you know that God has done for you and for me. And so, as we work on it, we try to to begin to especially grab hold of this attitude of gratitude in our lives. We need to see what we have. We need to see the value of the small things. We need to see the effort that comes from the source, and we need to share it with everyone that we possibly can. When we break away, when we break away from our self-absorbed lives, then we have the opportunity to see more clearly the world and especially to see the marvelous, amazing gifts that are about us every single day. It's then we may be able to find that in ourselves that gratitude, especially for the greatest, most marvelous gift of all. This morning... You consider that great gift that the Lord gave for us. The sacrifice of Jesus, the demonstration of God's love, the willingness of him to do what he did for us. We truly have been blessed. Gratitude comes out in saying, then I want to hold on to that. Maybe there's someone here that's never obeyed the gospel. If you've not, let us encourage you to take advantage of that opportunity this very morning. Maybe you have a, another need to make known. If you do, I want to assist you. If you need to come publicly this morning, we'll gladly help you get on the right track in that regard. But in your lives, let us each be reminded, even as just within ourselves and our own selves, be reminded and be thankful for the great things the Lord has done. If you need to respond this morning, won't you do so while we stand and while we sing together.